0: Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.PurposeMCC.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. I'm going to take your Bibles tonight and, and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 first corinthians chapter 14 we've been talking about uh spiritual gifts uh taught last wednesday night about uh your prayer language and the importance of uh being able and knowing how to use a prayer language and uh And so, how and how that the uh, praying in the spirit, Jude twenty, uh, talks about praying in the spirit, building up yourselves in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, uh, and that prayer language will will edify you. It will build you up and strengthen you. So, it's very important. And I want to preface this tonight, uh, as as we've been doing, uh, if you're hungry. Uh, I was thinking about the other day, you know, a hungry person that uh, comes and sits down to a meal, uh, you won't hear anything about how it tastes because he's hungry, but if if somebody's not hungry, they'll usually grumble, well, it's too salty or it doesn't have enough salt or or, or something like that. So hunger, that's the reason Jesus said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Because everything about your relationship with God depends upon your hunger for God. So, uh, hunger is birthed and hunger is is born out of prayer and study of the Word. The more that you study, the more that you desire God, the more that uh, you'll receive from God. But tonight, I want us to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about, Spiritual gifts and their use. Mainly, uh, what I want to talk about tonight, because we could spend weeks and weeks on this, but I mainly want to focus tonight on three of the gifts, and that is uh, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, and the gift of prophecy, because those uh, are uh, more of the more prevalent. Uh, in, in our uh, worship service, uh, keep in mind we, uh, there's also gift of healing, gifts of working of miracles, words of knowledge and words of wisdom, discerning of spirits, the gift of faith. Uh, and, uh, but anyway, I want to focus on those, but I want to uh, kind of open it up tonight by giving you an illustration and uh, hopefully you can understand this illustration. I was thinking about it this morning and this came to me. And I put my laptop out here for a reason because I want you to look at my laptop. Uh, It's it's a very uh, nice laptop. Uh, But I want to illustrate the power of its potential when it's used by someone who has knowledge of how it works. In other words, this laptop has the ability to reach anywhere in the world. It has the ability to do just about anything you can imagine. You can do it on this laptop. But the power of this laptop is one thing, but my ability to know how to use it and to tap into that power is another thing. My knowledge or lack of knowledge on how to use my laptop doesn't diminish what it was created to do. In other words, my knowledge of how to use this is limited but whether I, my knowledge on how to use it or whether I don't know how to use it doesn't diminish the fact of the potential of this laptop. In other words, what I'm saying is if you've got a, a, a machine like this that has great potential and you don't know how to use it, you don't have the knowledge to use it, who's, who's at fault there? It's not the, the machine's fault, it's my fault. Okay, so my lack of knowledge on how to use this laptop robs me of the blessing that this was created to do and so as we begin to think about uh, that, that illustration, it, we can apply it to the gifts of the Spirit. And a lot of times the, the gifts of the Spirit have, have great potential. <laughs> Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to the church. The nine gifts that were brought by uh, are given by Holy Spirit uh, are through Holy Spirit. Those nine gifts were given to the church, to to empower the church, to enable the church to go out and and uh, uh, win people for the kingdom of God. Uh, those those gifts that that uh, that are given by Holy Spirit are meant not to display uh, and and to say, look at me. But those gifts are meant to bring people to Christ and to win people to the kingdom of God. And, and I can't tell you how many times on, on my computer, my laptop, that I've fooled around because of my lack of knowledge and I've fooled around and got in there and messed something up and I have to get Pastor Don or, or somebody like that to come over and get it all straightened out. and And what I've learned from that is that my lack of knowledge... Uh, and using something that I'm not familiar with that I don't really know how to operate uh, has the potential to hurt uh, me and has the potential to hurt others. And so as we think about uh, the gift of tongues, the interpretation of tongues and prophecy, uh, we look at at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and of course Paul started in, in chapters 12 and 13 but and the whole idea of this teaching from the Apostle Paul was to bring order and to to set uh, things in order uh, because people were using the gifts uh, and they didn't really know how they didn't really have the knowledge of how to use the gifts in a proper way and one of the things that Paul, didn't do is he didn't come and throw the baby out with the dirty bath water. But he came to set order and to establish order, and uh, and so uh, many people, many pastors, uh, have have uh, stopped the use of the gifts of the spirit in the service simply because they couldn't establish the order. It cost too much to establish the order, and and so. Uh, rather, than, rather than deal with it, they say, well, we just won't use the gifts. And many churches today, many Pente- Pentecostal churches today uh, have uh, forbidden the use of the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues in the public worship. Uh, and so, uh, but I'm not gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, and as we've been talking about this for the past several weeks, it's a good time to cover it, most of you probably already know what we 're going to talk about, but uh, it's good to review and and uh, get a fresh understanding of the works and the use of the gifts of the spirit. Uh, so Paul came in and began to establish guidelines uh, that would ensure the orderly manner of use of these gifts of the spirit. Uh, you can see that in first Corinthians fourteen Uh, verses 37 and 38, uh, where Paul uh, said this, if anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I've written to you are the commandments of the Lord. Uh, But if anyone is ignorant, then let him be ignorant. And so what Paul was saying there was that I didn't come and I'm not doing this uh, out of my own self. I'm doing this because this is the order that God has uh, established for these gifts. So, Romans chapter eight and verse 13 uh, through 16 says this. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So what is that saying? It's saying if I live according to my flesh, if I live according to the fleshly desires, If I'm led by the flesh, if I'm led by what my mind thinks, if I'm led by what I desire uh, in the flesh, uh, Paul said it will bring death. Not necessarily physical death, but spiritual death. He said, but if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, it's going to bring life. So when I mortify the deeds of the body, that's just the same thing as me saying I crucify myself daily. I put myself on the cross daily and it's not I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And that's what Paul was talking about. Uh, It's important to mortify the deeds of the body because that brings life. So when you think about using the gifts of the spirit and, and flowing in the gifts of the spirit, it's very important that we understand that my flesh will prohibit the gifts from operating in my life. So if I mortify the deeds of this flesh, then I make myself more available to be used in one of these nine gifts uh, of the Spirit. And Paul went on and he said this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out have a father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our Spirit that we are the children of God. So the reason I read that is to let us know that Holy Spirit gives these gifts, but they are supernatural gifts. They are spiritual gifts. And so in order to operate in those gifts, we have we must understand that we operate in them through the Spirit. It's a spiritual thing. So the thing that, that, that throws a cog in the wheel or a rock under the wheel or, or, or something like that is the human factor, the, 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 the flesh factor, the human factor. So I wanna talk just a little bit tonight on dealing with the human factor. Now, we've talked for several weeks, we've used this scripture out of Second Corinthians chapter four in verse seven, where Paul said we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. Now, Paul took uh, a considerable amount of time talking about the human factor in in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 in relation to the use of spiritual gifts. And the fact that you and I are earthen containers of a supernatural power. Now think about that. That's that's what Paul was saying when we have this treasure in earthen vessels. He was simply saying, you are an earthen container of a supernatural power. All right? In other words, inside of me, there's a supernatural power. So uh, we being those earthen containers of a supernatural power, it lets us know uh, that... There, there are certain things that we must understand and one of them is the need, if I wanna operate and be used by God in spiritual gifts, public use of spiritual gifts, that the first thing that I need to understand is that I need to prepare myself privately before God can use me publicly. doesn't matter what you do. If you're a pastor, if you're a worship leader, if you're a Sunday school teacher, whatever you're doing for the kingdom of God. A.W. Tozer said it like this. He said, I practice standing before God at least as long as I'm gonna stand before people. So here's the thing, that when I, when I spend time with God privately, then I can prepare, I'm preparing myself to be used publicly by God. Listen, when you begin to give out something for God that you haven't allowed him to put in you, it becomes a dangerous thing. When I begin to give out, because see, I'm not giving out, when I haven't taken in of the spirit, then I don't have any spirit to give out. Now there's grace there, and God will give you grace. I mean, God doesn't expect uh, uh, for you to, to, to be perfect all the time but I'm talking about when you practice, when you practice not taking in from God, but you practice giving out in the name of God, then there's gonna come a time somewhere down the line that you're gonna begin to give of your flesh because you have nothing in your spirit to give. So it's important uh, for us that those, and let me say this, I talk with so many people that will say on any given Sunday, man, I had, I had that burning in me. I had that message burning in me, but I just could not open my mouth. Well, I wanna tell you something this morning, tonight. Spend time with God. Spend time privately with God because we just read in Romans chapter eight, That God didn't give us a spirit of bondage again to fear, but uh, we've received the spirit of adoption. So, uh, time with God will cast out that fear. Second thing is, if you desire to be used in spiritual gifts, and we we always think about spiritual gifts as operating in the church, but God wants to use your gift outside the church. All right, so God can use your gift, your spiritual gift, in Walmart just as good as He can in McCullough Christian Center. So I say church, but you got to think bigger than that and recognize that I've been given these gifts to enhance or to grow and build the kingdom of God. So if I want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, then it is of utmost importance that I understand how those gifts operate, all right? If I want to get the most out of this laptop, then I need to study how this laptop works. I've got to get past just knowing where the on and off button is, all right? And we've got to get past just knowing there's a, there's a lot of people that know how to speak in tongues, and there's a lot of people that know how to say something, but listen, I've got to get past that and understand the the intricate working of the gifts of the Spirit. It is life-changing, all right? I cannot tap into the potential of this computer until I understand. I've got to get past the on and off button, and I've got to gain an understanding of how it works, and once I do that, the world is at my fingertips, all right? And when I understand the working and the operation of the gifts of the Spirit and how God desires for them to flow, then I have that potential, that power, uh, that God can say, okay, I'm gonna use you and work through uh, you. Third thing is, uh, if you wanna be used in the gifts of the Spirit, it becomes of great importance that you spend time in prayer and praying for God to give you a sensitivity to the Spirit, that you, you become sensitive to hearing the Spirit. I think of it like this, that my wife, it's good to have my wife in here tonight. Everybody give her a hand. Yes, yes. Everybody else freezing and she's fanning. So, uh, <laughs> but I think about my wife and our children, and uh, I've seen it before that we could be in a crowd of people, and one of our girls, one of my girls, could, could cry, or one of my girls could call mama, or something like that. And it didn't matter all the voices around, all the, lo- the, the noise around, she could recognize the voice of that child. All of you moms have that ability. You can recognize the voice of a child. Jesus said this. He said, my sheep will know my voice. They'll not follow another. So it becomes important, more importantly, in the use of the gifts of the Spirit that we are able to recognize the moving or the voice of God as he's speaking. All right? As as God is moving in, uh, in our spirit. And listen, on any given Sunday in, our, in, this, in this church, the anointing is moving, the power of God is flowing, and, and, and God's spirit is moving. And, and uh, with that atmosphere and with that move and flow of God's spirit, uh, it takes sensitivity to recognize what God wants you to do. Uh, I, I, I stand there sometimes uh, as a pastor and I stand there and I say, oh God, uh, help me. I don't know what to do next. I don't know which way to go. I don't know if I need to jump up and down or if I need to sit down and uh, I don't know if I need to cry or laugh. God, I don't know which way I need to go. You might not see that in me, but I'm struggling with that. Uh, the service is going, going this way and I say, Lord, do I, do I just stop this now and preach or do I go on with it or what do I do? And, and so I'm, having to, I'm praying and, and, and saying, God, give me the sensitivity to know what you want to do in the service. Do I always hit it? No, I don't. Why? Because I am human, all right? And that's the reason that Paul spent so much time talking about the gifts of the Spirit and relating to that human factor in the use of the gifts of the spirit because it is a supernatural gift that flows through a human vessel okay all right so i want you to understand tonight i will never say anything to anybody that are, that is using a gift uh, of the holy spirit if i know that you're doing it uh out of the right mind now if somebody comes in and just just blatantly starts blabbering off and something like that I'll shut him down in a heartbeat. I wouldn't hesitate, but if I know that people are are genuinely trying to to worship God because we're human okay all right so we're we're talking about this this human factor I want uh I think that that we can, we can see this human factor and we see that in some of the things that Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And <clears throat> verse one, Paul starts out in, in dealing uh, specifically with these, the gifts of the spirit and he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now, what he's, he's saying, that word ignorant means he he's saying this. I I don't want you to not know or understand about spiritual gifts. So when it comes to spiritual gifts, gifts, Paul starts out and he says, guys, I don't want you to be ignorant of these gifts. I don't want you to to not understand about spiritual gifts. And uh, in First Corinthians chapter fourteen and verse twenty-six, Paul talks about let all things be done unto. Edifying, all right? Everything about the Holy Spirit and everything about the gifts of the Spirit are meant to to edify or to build up the body of Christ. And and so with these spiritual gifts in in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 29, uh, Paul said this, let the prophets speak two or three and let the other judge the authenticity of what has been said and, and let's stop right there and, and talk about that for just a minute because prophecy uh, and, and Paul talks about in in 1 uh, Corinthians 14 and in, in verse uh, five actually, uh, Paul said this, he said, I wish you all spoke with tongues, all right? But even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues unless... Indeed, he interprets that the church may receive edification. So there's that word edification is the, is the uh, goal of every gift. But notice what Paul said. He said, I wish everybody spoke in tongues. And he's just coming off of talking about what I believe, uh, the prayer language that we talked about uh, last Wednesday night. And he said, I wish, I wish all of you spoke with tongues but even more that you prophesied. For he that prophesies, and what is prophecy? Prophecy is, is speaking forth comfort, exhortation, and edification, or encouragement, all right? That, and, and the gift of prophecy in, in uh, one of the nine gifts of the Spirit is not the office of prophet, it's a, it's a spiritual gift that God gives us to encourage, to exhort, and uh, uh, build up, edify each other. And so Paul was saying was, uh, that rather than, than speaking in tongues are, I would rather that you all you prophesied, because prophecy is greater uh, than he who speaks in tongues unless he interprets. Now, when he said that, he brought them back together. So when we give a message in tongues with the interpretation, that is basically the same thing as prophecy, isn't it? All right, all right. So, so why do we have a gift of tongues with interpretation and a gift of prophecy? Well, Paul said that the gift of tongues is gonna speak more to the unbeliever in the house And the gift of prophecy is gonna speak more to the believers, all right? So God uses this gift of tongues with with interpretation to speak to the unbeliever. Now that doesn't mean that every message in tongues and interpretation that you hear is gonna talk to people about being saved. It can vary, all right? But that's basically what Paul said, that the gift of tongues and interpretation is gonna speak to the unbeliever, and the gift of prophecy is gonna speak to the believer. Now, but notice he said, let the prophets speak two or three and let the other judge, and that word judge means let them determine the authenticity of what has been said. There's that human factor. And I believe that what Paul was talking about was this, that there is potential of that human factor mixing in with what God wants to do. And Paul said as a result of that, when somebody gives a prophecy, and I believe he's referring not only to prophecy but he's referring to the interpretation of tongues. That Paul was saying this, let uh, let the prophets speak two or three and let the other judge, I believe what he's talking about is let them, uh, let them talk about it to determine the authenticity of it. That, that kind of, if, if I was gonna prophesy tonight, and and I had brother Jack, sister Deborah, and, and brother Michael, and I knew that when I prophesy, they're gonna sit back there, and they're gonna talk about what I'm prophesying about, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna analyze it. And they're gonna, they're gonna check it out. And they have the power to come to me and say, that was a good word, or we don't feel like that that particular word flows with what God is doing right now. If I understood that, then it's gonna make me really desire and seek a sensitivity of the spirit because I don't want to speak out of my flesh and be corrected. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's literally what Paul was saying. Because you got to remember in the Corinthian church there was an abuse of the gifts of the Spirit. It wasn't it wasn't a, 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 a mean spirited abuse. It wasn't necessarily an intentional abuse but it was an abuse-based or that was born out of a lack of knowledge. And so when Paul said that, he was saying, okay, guys, because apparently what was happening in the church at Corinth, when they would come together, like we're gathered here tonight, and they begin to worship, before you know it, everybody in the house is speaking in tongues, everybody in the house has got an unknown language going on, and everybody walks out kind of like that little dog of mine that, that we had years ago that fell off the back of the three-wheeler going down the road and I went back and, and picked up uh, to pick the dog up and he was sitting by the road on the white line and when I looked at him he was like one of them little cartoon figures his eyes was da- dancing around in his head uh, it kind of knocked him crazy but I, I picked him up put him back on the three-wheeler and we had a good ride but when when the gifts of the spirit are not used in the right manner, it leaves people kind of like that little doll we're sitting there and we're just our eyes are dancing around in their head and we we say what was I don't understand what was that? So you see Paul was talking about listen if you're going to if you're going to prophesy recognize that that prophecy can be judged to determine its authenticity. And I believe, like I said, I believe he was also talking about the interpretation of tongues, the gift of tongues, because that's equal to prophecy, okay? But he went on down, he said, if anything be revealed to another that sits by, let the first hold his peace, for you may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted, And the spirits, and here's another scripture that lets us know that Paul was dealing uh, strongly with that human factor, for he said this, that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Listen, I've been in, in churches before. I've watched people run up side the wall, Oh, it would blow you away, some of the things that I've seen. I've been in churches before where I've seen the gifts of the Spirit, so-called, used in every manner you can imagine. I've walked out of services before totally confused about what happened. I've had people tell me, and I used to hear it in testimonies when I was coming up, Well, when the Holy Ghost gets on me, I just lose control. That ain't the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry. That's not the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is not gonna take control away from you. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. What that is saying is this, that the supernatural gift that's on the inside of this earthen vessel is subject to this earthen vessel. Alright. So we say, well, Pastor, I just I just don't know how to control it. Well, that's it. You don't know how, possibly. But listen, what God has put inside of you becomes subject to you. Alright? So that that Paul was dealing again with that human factor because more than likely what he was dealing with at the church of Corinth was all these people that came in and, and they, were, they were so high on Jesus perhaps, they were so high on these spiritual gifts Uh, because this was new. This was something that that hadn't been around for a long time, man, and they were, it was like a new Cadillac, man. They were just enjoying it. They were playing with all the gadgets on all that, And, and so they were having a good time when they came to church, and Paul said, hey guys, listen. Nobody's being edified. The kingdom of God is not advancing. Jesus is not being glorified. You need to bring order to what you're doing. And you and and probably somebody spoke up and said, Well, Apostle Paul, I just can't control my mouth. When when the Lord gets on me, I just speak in tongues. And Paul said, The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. All right? Listen, Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and you've heard that hundreds of times. Holy Spirit moves in a way that that uh that is not forceful. I say it like this: If you if you can't control something, you you need to check. All right, because God, listen, God didn't make you get saved. He offered you the gift of salvation. That's the whole whole principle of the gift, is I'm giving you something. All right. The devil is always trying to make us do something, but God is offering us. God is extending a hand of mercy to offer to us. So Paul went on and he said, for God is not the author of confusion, and there's that human factor again. How does confusion come in? It comes in when I quit operating in the spirit and begin to operate in the flesh. He said, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. So, then he goes on uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty, and and as he's bringing this uh, order to the Corinthian church, he says, brethren, don't be children in understanding, how be it in malice. Be ye children, but in understanding, be men. And so what Paul was saying was, guys, I'm not trying to wound you. I'm not trying to to condemn you. I'm not trying to beat you up. Uh, And he said this. He said, don't be children in understanding. In other words, don't act like a baby. Don't act like a child in understanding. He said, how be it in malice, you need to be like a child, but in understanding, you need to be like a man. So what he was saying was, I, I, I don't wanna hurt you. I'm not here to wound you. I'm here to set things in order that what you are doing and what God is doing through you will bring greater blessing and greater benefit to your life. And then in 1 uh, Corinthians 14 and 40, Paul talked about let all things be done decently in order and in order. So that's that human factor once again uh, that that Paul was talking about. And it's important to, to note <clears throat> that at no time in this talk that Paul gave to the church at Corinth, no time in that did Paul say, you need to stop using the gift of tongues. It's not in there. He never, he not one time said it. As a matter of fact, he said you need, you need this gift. You use tongues. Use the gift of tongues. I encourage you to use this gift of tongues. And so, uh, I think that's. That's important because so many times, as I said earlier, we wanna throw the baby out with the dirty bathwater, rather than take the time to set order and to bring order to something, and that's what Paul did, and uh, his teaching them the, the, the proper way to use their gift would result in a maximum potential of that gift being revealed in the body of Christ. Uh, And so uh, the main objective of of Paul's teaching to the uh, Corinthians on the gifts of the Spirit uh, can be found in in two areas. And and they are discerning the proper time for the use of the gift uh, and the misunderstanding of the use of the gift in public as opposed to private. Uh, And let me say it another way. Two things that Paul focused on when he was talking about the use of the nine gifts of the spirit, uh, mainly the gift of tongues and interpretation and the gift of prophecy was that uh, the church at Corinth wasn't discerning the proper time uh, to use the gift, all right? And, and that's the reason there was so much confusion going on in the church. Uh, in the church service because they were not discerning the proper time to use the gifts uh, that God had given. And then there was a misunderstanding on their part of the discerning the difference between the need to use my gift in public as opposed to private. In other words, there were those that that were using their gift of tongues a prayer language and it was being used publicly, all right? And and so what Paul was saying was I wanna set this right. We need to discern when do I use my prayer language. Your prayer language that God's given you is meant to be used privately. Now, I know and I do the same thing uh There are times when I'm praying, times when I'm praying around the altar, times when we're praying here at the church that you hear me use my prayer language. The reason I do that and don't think anything of it is because I know it's not gonna bring confusion because you understand. Now, if I was out in another church, then I would refrain from that because I don't want to cause confusion, all right? So I'm not, and Paul wasn't saying I want to shut this down. He was saying I want you to understand when and how to use it, all right? So, so that private language is between me and God, all right? But that, that gift of the Spirit, that gift of tongues is a public language that God gives, and we hear it here uh, on Sunday mornings uh, and and at different times that we're having service. We'll hear that that public gift of tongues in operation uh, that uh, is followed up with an interpretation. So with that, The, the people, the church of, of Corinth was apparently looking at the gifts of the spirit as, as an end in themselves. And what I mean by that is that they were coming to church just to operate in the gift. Once that gift operated and once that gift went forth, that was it for them. Because they, were, they had this idea that my, the gift of the spirit is the end and it's the end in itself. But God's idea for the gifts of the spirit is not that they are an end in itself. In other words, if, if I come to church just to display my gift, Whether it's prophecy, whether it's laying on of hands, whether it's tongues or interpretation or whatever, if I come to church and I come just to use my gift, then I'm wrong. Then I'm not operating in the gift that God wants me to operate because my gift has become the end. If I don't get to operate in my gift, then I'm not happy. I've lost sight of what the gift is all about. You see, the gift uh, is not the end of itself, but the gift is a means to an end. In other words, the gift is to enhance your worship of God. The gift that God has given the diversities of the gifts uh, that Paul talks about, lets us know that, that there are many different gifts that operate, nine of these in, in Corinthians that operate, and, and so every gift that comes from God through Holy Spirit is meant to do one thing, and that is to turn the attention of us toward Christ. All right? That's what the whole intention is. So, therefore, when I understand that, that the gift that God wants to use through me is meant to turn the attention back to Christ. I don't want people to see me I want them to see Jesus. You see, my gift should always lead to Christ. My gift should always bring edification. My, my gift should always be clear and concise. What do I mean by that? I mean this, that when God wants to use you, recognize this that the gift that God is using to bring out of your mouth is of no value if it's not understood by those who hear. All right. So what Paul was telling the church at Corinth was guys, if you're gonna flow in a gift, be sure that it's clear and concise. And here's the thing. If I come up to give you a prophecy and and when I start giving you that prophecy, my voice raises to a window breaking pitch, and I'm screaming, and I'm I'm saying, Thus saith the Lord, and that's about all you can gather of what I what I'm saying. And I'm spitting it out so fast and so loud and I'm spitting all over you and you wiping slobber off your face and all that and, and when I finish up, I wipe my mouth and say, praise God, I got used today in the gift of the Spirit and while you're wiping all my slobber off your face, you're saying, what in the world just happened? So here's the thing, that if I'm gonna be used by God in the gifts of the spirit, understand that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Now listen, I know that even myself, there are times when when I'm speaking like a prophecy or something like that, my voice will raise. But if it raises to the point that you cannot understand it, then the gift is of no value, all right? So recognize that. When, when you're, if you're giving a message in tongues or if you're interpreting a message in tongues, recognize you, you might want to get loud because it is so awesome when that begins to bubble in you. It is so awesome when that begins to churn in you and you begin to let it out. It's literally like that river of living water that Jesus talked about but realize the flow of it is what brings life, okay? Jesus said this in John chapter 16, and I'm fixing to close. Jesus said this, he said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the spirit of truth that's come, and he's releasing truth to us through these these gifts. Jesus said, "When he the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth." Listen to this. "For he shall not speak of himself. He shall not speak of himself. The nine gifts of the spirit are meant in every aspect. They're meant For Christ to speak, for Holy Spirit to speak to us, to turn us to Christ. He said, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. Verse 14, he said, for he shall glorify me, for he shall receive a mine and shall show it unto you. (coughs) Now, I got just a few minutes. Uh, I was going to read tonight in, in 1 First Corinthians chapter fourteen. Uh, begin with verse six, and I got I got uh, sidetracked. But uh, if you if you can look at First Corinthians chapter fourteen and look at at verses six through. Verse 33, uh, what Paul talked about is the most important aspect of his uh, bringing order to the nine gifts of the Spirit. Uh, And he talks about in that, uh, you know, if I come to speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying or by teaching? And he talks about the importance of, of a sound, uh, that can have that has distinction, and that's just what we've been talking about. He said, "How uh, will it? Uh, how can uh, somebody prepare themselves for battle?" In um, in verse eight, if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, so it's important to understand that that God is using me as a mouthpiece, and it's important for me to speak in a way that will, that will cause those that are listening to be able to prepare for battle. And he goes on down and, and I encourage you to read that because it's just a great, uh, uh, great passage of scripture uh, that talks about uh, tongues and the interpretation of tongues and the, and the need for that as well as <clears throat> the gift of prophecy. Now, as, as, as we close, Paul talked about, uh, in uh, verse 26 of chapter 14, uh, he said, how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation, he said, Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church, and let him speak to himself and to God. And, and then in verse 29, we talked about this a while ago about the prophets, uh, and let the other judge. Uh, and then verse 31 he said for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet and for God is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints and then he talks about women in the church and we're not going to go there tonight Pastor Don's going to teach on that Sunday night during the women's class. Uh, (laughs) Oh, okay, all right. So, yeah, all right, brother. Uh, Hold up, put you back on a chain, man. (laughs) Amen. But listen, guys. Here's the thing. You know, as as a pastor, I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with people who said, "You need to stop the gifts of the Spirit. You need to you need to not allow those things to happen in uh, public worship. You need to you need to cut them back. You need to you taper it down. Uh, How many? You don't. You you would be amazed how many." Battles I fought here uh, in in the past 13 years uh, over this idea that we don't need the gifts of the Spirit operating here and all that. But here's here's my take on it, and I want to I want to just lay this out so that you'll know I will never ever compromise on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I am responsible for the revelation that God gives me, all right? I'm not responsible for your revelation. God didn't give me your revelation. God gave me revelation of the word. And so how I interpret this word, I am responsible before God, all right? And I'll say this, I will make you mad way before I will make God mad. Listen, and I, I, listen, over the past seven or eight years, I've not had that conversation with anybody, all right? But the first few years, it was a battle because there was a pressure for us to be like other churches so that we could grow, so that we could get more people in. And so I will never compromise on the gifts of the Spirit. I believe that they're put in the church to be used in the church. I don't believe God gave Holy Spirit and the nine gifts of the Spirit to be used in a closet. I I don't believe he gave them to be used in a Sunday school room. I believe they're to be used in the public worship. But I will tell you this, I believe they need to be used in order. If it doesn't bring glory to Christ, then we won't do it. If it doesn't bring honor to God, then we won't do it. But here's the thing, when we do it, when, and it doesn't, doesn't mean that we're not gonna make mistakes. It doesn't mean perhaps sometimes that you might walk out and say, well, pastor didn't hear God today. That's quite possible. But it does mean this, that with everything that we have, we're gonna do our utmost to obey the Spirit of God. Because without the working of Holy Spirit in McCullough Christian Center, we will dry up and die now hear this hear my heart I believe that we will begin to see signs and wonders and I believe that we're going to begin to see God do miracles and things like that but it will be done in order amen because that's how God works that's how he rolls amen and I want to roll with him how about you I want to be in that that God's doing. Amen, amen. Go ahead and stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother Jack. Now tonight we're gonna we're gonna close with prayer. Uh, we want to remember Katie uh, that God will touch her. Uh, little Bailey Burgess. Want to pray for her. Uh, Sister Tammy uh, Drew want to continue to pray for her Michelle Carraway uh, want to pray for her Brother Travis Tammy Fry and their family uh, during this time Sister Debbie's dad just want to continue to pray for him also Eugene want to continue to pray for him uh, and Sister Stephanie Steele and her family wanna just want to pray for them uh, laid her dad to rest yesterday so want to pray for them so let's Let's do this tonight. It's it's not that late, but it's I've held you over. Uh, it's eight oh two, so you know there. You know I'm human. So anyway, here's what I want to do. I want to just to pray. We're going to pray and and uh, just agree together that God's going to touch these needs. If you're close to somebody, just reach over, put your hand on their shoulder, or take them by the hand and come in agreement with them. Uh, and uh, uh, pray that, that God will move and meet these needs tonight. Uh, I'm ex- I don't know about you, but I'm expecting great things Sunday morning. I'm expecting God to do something like we've never seen before, and I'm expecting uh, lives to be changed, and I wanna encourage you, if you're not doing anything at 9.45 on Sunday morning, we have prayer in the sanctuary, and we'd love to have you come and, and join us in prayer on Sunday morning at 9:45 to 10